And this story we've heard a lot, but listen as if you're hearing it for the first time. In those days, a decree went out from Emperor Augustus that all the world should be registered. And this was the first registration. It was taken while Quirinius was governor of Syria. And all went to their own towns to be registered. Joseph also went from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to, of Judea to the city of David called Bethlehem because he was descended from the house and the family of David. He went to be registered with Mary to whom he was engaged and who was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for her to deliver her child. And she gave birth to her firstborn and wrapped him in bands of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. In that region there were shepherds living in the fields, keeping watch over their flocks by night. And then an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for see, I am bringing you good news of great joy for all people. To you is born in this day in the city of David a Savior, who is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be the sign for you. You will find the babe wrapped in bands of cloth and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in highest heaven, and on earth peace among those whom he favors. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has taken place, which the Lord has made known to us. So they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the child lying in the manger. When they saw this, they made known what had been told about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured all these words and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it has been told to them. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. The Apostle Paul, in one of his letters, has a phrase that that I love. He says this. Paul says that in the fullness of time, Jesus Christ was born of the virgin. In the fullness of time. I've always, I've always loved that phrase. Paul, Paul had a way with words. But I've always loved the phrase, in the fullness of time. At just the right time. At just, at just the right moment. You know, in Scripture, there's two words for time. There is chronos, chronology. That's the word chronology comes from, chronos. It's December 24th, 2015. That's the chronos time. But God, God has a different time. God's time is what's called kairos time. God's time is not bound by a clock or by a calendar, but God's time is God's time. And in God's time, God is never late. And, the, and Paul says, in the fullness of time, Christ was born of a virgin at just the right moment in human history, Christ Jesus was born to a humble family in a humble stable in a town that they hadn't lived in for a long time. In the fullness of time. If you go back and, and look up history at that point, you see, at that point, Rome was at the height of its power. 
That was probably the high watermark for the, Roman, for the Roman government. That was really the good old days for Rome. So at just the right time, Jesus was born. Jesus was born when Rome was at its greatest moment, at its greatest height. And Rome had spread over all the world. And, and, the, and Rome was in Europe and in North Africa and Asia and everywhere. But the, here's the thing with as big as Rome was. Rome was so big, there was really only one way to get from Rome or Italy or Gaul over to Asia or down to North Africa or to the extremes of the empire. The only way you could do this was to go through this little bitty strip of land about 40 miles wide called Israel. The only way you could get from anywhere in that part of the world to anywhere else was to go through Israel. Israel was basically the stack. I was close, y'all. Close. Close. But it was. The only way you could get anywhere in that part of the world to anywhere else was to go through Israel. So what I'm telling you, friends, is it was by no accident that Jesus Christ was born to the people he was born to, Mary and Joseph. It was by no accident that God picked out Mary to be the, 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 the mother of his son, no accident that he chose Joseph to be Jesus' stepdad, if you will. It was by no accident that he was born in Bethlehem, line of David. It's by no accident he was born in that part of the world at that time, at that moment. In the fullness of time, Jesus Christ was born of the virgin at just the right moment. But, y'all, that's the fairy tale. That's awesome. That's great. That's wonderful. I mean, by a fairy tale, I mean, that's the part you're like, that's perfect. Yes, that's perfect. Here's the thing about God's time. Theologically, it was the perfect time. But as we heard in the lighting of the candles, it's not a perfect time. There was Roman oppression. There was war. There was fear. There was great, great darkness. The fullness of time does not mean mean that everything was perfect. The fullness of time means that God is perfect. The fullness of time does not mean that there were not troubles and trials and sickness and illness and death when Jesus was born. But in fact, quite the opposite. The perfect son of God, born of a virgin, was born into a world of sickness and sorrow and tragedy and death so that he could one day redeem the sickness, the tragedy, the trials, the death. The light came into the darkness to redeem the darkness. Those who have been living in darkness have seen a great, great light, and that great light is Jesus Christ. At just the right moment, not the perfect moment, not the moment without fear, not the moment without doubt, not the moment without worry, but in God's perfect moment light has come and friends what i'm telling you is this 
Light did not come simply to fade away. But the light has come and has never left. So just as Jesus Christ was born into a world full of darkness, at just the right moment to redeem those living in darkness, so now in the darkness of our lives does he come again and again and again and again. Because here's the thing, y'all. Light is not extinguished by darkness, but light overcomes the darkness. The psalmist says, darkness is not even dark to you because darkness cannot physically be there when the light has come. So friends, it isn't just that the light came in Bethlehem 2,000 years ago, but the light comes again and again and again and again to the darkness of our life. The miracle of Christmas is that God saw the darkness in the world. God saw the darkness in our own lives. God saw the darkness all around and said, my light has come and darkness has no place there. The darkness has been extinguished by the light of Jesus Christ. When Jesus says we are children of light, what he means is this. We don't have to live in fear. We don't have to live in doubt. We don't have to live in all of these things, but we can live in the power and the light of the birth of Christ. That is not to say that there are not troubles and trials and fears and doubt. That is not to say these things are not there. What I'm saying is this, the light is brighter. The light is stronger. And through the Holy Spirit, that light of Christ lives in you. Y'all, we shouldn't be afraid of the devil. The devil should be afraid of us. Because we have the light of the resurrected Christ in our hearts. What can you say to that, old devil? What can you say to that, old world? What can you say to that, old fear? What can you say to that, old doubt? Yes, it's there, but the light of Christ is greater. You are that light in a world of darkness. Christ's love has been shown to your heart at just the right moments. It isn't just that Christ was born at the fullness of time just once that the light shines over and over and over and over at the fullness of time again and again and again and again. Light has won. I remember, I don't, I, y'all, y'all know this, many of you do, that I was a, uh, because God has a sense of humor, I was going to be a, I was going to be a doctor my entire life. What I, what I grew up wanting to be was a doctor. And so I majored in chemistry in college. Once again, it was God has a sense of humor, I reckon. And um, I started the ministry my junior year. And um, the only class I ever dropped when I started the ministry was calculus because 
Aquinas said algebra is the language of the devil, and I think he's right. Um, so I dropped calculus. I'm like, I'm going to be a preacher. I don't need calculus. <laughs> I, I've yet to do calculus in ministry, Tim, not once. Um, no offense to calculus teachers. But um, the hardest class I had to take towards the end of my, my, my career at MC was uh, quantum mechanics. And this candle won't say lit, will it? I got a great illustration, Tim, and it just won't light. You know? What happens? I have to hold it like this. There we go. And um, I had to take a crash called quantum mechanics, which deals with how things work on a, on a, on a subatomic level. And I don't remember anything about the class. It, makes, it sounds more impressive than it really is. Only thing I remember about it is this. Darkness has no substance. Darkness, there's no there there. Darkness is simply the absence of light. So when light enters, darkness must flee. Darkness cannot exist where there is light. What I'm saying, church, is this. The light has come. Don't live in darkness. You don't have to. Don't live in fear. You don't have to. Don't live in doubt. You don't have to. Don't live under all these things. You don't have to because the light has come. The light has been born at the fullness of time and in your heart through the Holy Spirit and through Christ Jesus, the light has come again and again and again. Do not be afraid. Do not be worried, but rejoice. For the light has come. Let us pray.